You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Hello, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. It's me, Dr. Cassidy. It's been a while since I've done a solo episode where it's just me talking straight to you. So I thought today I would do that. I was hoping today we could talk a little bit about death and dying, grief and loss. This is something that in many cultures, not all, but in many, is sort of a taboo thing to talk about. We'll even say things like loss or lost a loved one, and we'll sort of sway away from even saying the word death or dying or died. You know, I bet I'll even do it today. At some point in this episode, I'll say I lost a loved one instead of saying my loved one died. It's just this automatic thing we do. Um, We just sort of avoid the language around it. But what happens there is that it doesn't give us a chance to actually talk about it. So my hope today is to explore with you a little bit about ways in which we can reclaim conversation and dialogue around death and dying in a way that will actually be really healing for all of us. Because you know what? Death is one of those universal human experiences. Each and every one of us, no matter where we're from or where we are, we will at some point in our life be touched by death. And so let's open up dialogue around it because what we do know is when things are silenced, they can have a way of festering or turning into something else that is a lot more painful, a lot more complicated, and we can feel really isolated in our experiences. And if this is a universal human experience, there's so much room and opportunity for connection there. So let's jump in. So I am an educator and a researcher, which means I, I like to define terms. I like to sort of know what are the terms we're using, what's the context, how are we defining them. So let's do a little bit of that first, um, just to kind of bring some language and context to this episode. So first, let's talk about loss. Loss is that state of being without something that one has had, and Loss can definitely be associated with the loss of a loved one, but it can also be connected to the loss of other things. Loss of a home, loss of a pet, loss of a relationship, loss of, you know, financial security. Grief would be the intense emotional suffering that results from a loss. Bereavement is that state of being when you're deprived of something, and this is especially in the context of a loved one, by death. Mourning would be the grief or the actions or expressions of one who has suffered a bereavement. The mourning period or the bereavement period after losing somebody in your life to death can people can have really diverse reactions and responses. It does not always look like one thing. And I know that just from my own experiences of having people in my life whom I love die. As well as 
being a therapist and holding space for and witnessing the variety of ways in which people grapple with death. Some common grief reactions, though, are to feel almost like you are disconnected from the world. Some people will report feeling like they're floating or they can't find footing or grounding. With that can be difficulty concentrating, um, confusion, there can be experiences of numbness, there are emotional reactions such as shock, sadness, anger can show up, fear, so all of a sudden you're being faced with your mortality and anxiety and fear show up. There can't often even be feelings of relief. If somebody has been suffering, if this was a complicated relationship, right? There can be feelings of relief and sometimes following that can be then experiences of guilt or shame. There can also be physical symptoms. So there can be difficulty um, in sleeping, so insomnia, um, changes in appetite, uh, headaches, feeling really tired. There can also sort of be this overall sense of just questioning, like things that I thought that I knew, I don't know if I trust them anymore. There can be, you know, a spiritual crisis that can happen for some folks or a spiritual reawakening. So these experiences don't always look like one thing and can look really different um, based on the context of that relationship and based on how you are making meaning of the loss and moving through the stages of grief. There is often a period of time after the death of somebody who is in your life where people check in, give their condolences, maybe share memories. Maybe there is a ritual that happens in which the life of that person is celebrated. Slowly, but often, honestly, not slowly enough, people will stop asking. And there is this sort of expectation or like belief system that I think is ingrained in at least the society that I'm a part of here in the United States, in Southern California, in my network. I think it's important to locate myself because not, ab- not everybody may have that same belief system that's swirling around them, that death is something that we're supposed to get over and move on from. In the community in which I am a part of, that can and often is a belief system and a discourse that shows up, that death is something to get over, something to move on from. We are to be sad, of course, but then we're also expected to say goodbye and to let go. I believe that the discourse of getting over and letting go, it keeps us from actually being able to talk about death in a way in a way that can be celebrated, in a way that can be really healing, in a way that can be actually really beautiful. What would happen if instead of holding death at an arm's length because it's something that we don't want to talk about and it's too painful to sort of acknowledge the fact that we're all going to be touched by it, what if instead of holding it at an arm's length and avoiding the conversations and avoiding facing it, What if instead we looked at it in the face and we said, wow, that's something that we're all going to be touched by 
and one connects all of us, no matter how different we are. But what if we directly faced the fragility of our lives and the lives of those we love? And in that space of directly facing the reality of death, what if in that space we were able to find more meaning, deeper connections, more intention, right? Like, I have never felt more clarity about what is actually important to me than when I've lost somebody whom I loved very much. I have never been more attuned to the sound and the timber of my father's voice, to the way that my mom's cooking smells and how it makes me feel. I've never been more attuned to the warmth of my husband's hand or the smell of my children's heads. I've never been more attuned to these things and how precious they are and important they are to me. I've never been more attuned to how brutally precious these things are than when I've had to face death in the face. Facing death in the face and facing my own mortality and the mortality of the people around me and the people that I love. And listen, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that death and dying and losing somebody in your life is is joyful or rainbows and butterflies it's it is so excruciatingly painful it can be in many many ways i don't i do not mean that we should not be sad right and that we shouldn't experience sadness or avoid the sadness of it trust me that's the opposite of what i'm saying i do believe that our tears can and should be held as the highest symbol of love. Like how wonderful it is to have known a love that was worthy of those tears. Whether it's a higher power or the universe or science, whatever, however you make meaning, allow yourself to question why things happen. I think that that is one of the things that death offers us is this questioning, right? I actually believe that it's in this questioning that we become more intimately involved with what or whom it is we are questioning. And yes, we're all going to cry and question and grieve, but we can also, in that same space, it can be a both and thing. We can also celebrate the gift of knowing someone that was so worth knowing and allow ourselves to feel that acute awareness of what's actually important, of what we want to prioritize and what our values are, that acute awareness that shows up when we've lost somebody in our lives. And when we find ourselves in that place of questioning everything that we thought we knew. I'm also really aware that our relationships with people can be complicated and that sometimes these complications follow us into our mourning, into the grief, into the experience of that loss. We can sometimes feel like there's unfinished business. And I mean, that can show up whether the relationship was complicated or not, right? We often feel like we want to have had more time with somebody. And so I want to introduce a metaphor that is explored and talked about in what is called narrative therapy. 
Michael White was an Australian social worker and the co-founder of Narrative Therapy, along with David Epstein, and he introduced the saying hello again metaphor in grief counseling. So oftentimes, clients who have lost a loved one will speak of their struggle to let go, and the letting go, you know, is very much connected to their unique experience, right? Of what they're trying to let go of. Maybe it's trying to let go of that deep connection that they had with this person in their life on this earth. It may be letting go of pain, right? That was, that showed up in that relationship or issues in the relationship. And those issues and complications are making it hard for them to move, to move through the grief. Instead of letting go, What if the result of grieving was actually to restore what has been lost? Let me explain this a little bit more. When someone has, when someone has died, the pressure to let go can actually complicate grief, I believe, and trigger depression. So grief and depression are different. There may be some overlap in symptoms around fatigue and appetite changes and difficulty concentrating, but depression takes it to another place where it actually starts to impair your functioning. Rather than saying goodbye and shutting the door, like oftentimes I believe we're being asked to do in our grief process, what if we actually invited our memories along with us? I have found that when we're allowed to reclaim a relationship with someone who has died, we are actually gifted a valuable lifelong resource. And that can look like a bunch of different things for different people, right? So sometimes that resource is you had this person in your life who always supported you, right? And you can ask yourself questions like, If you could see yourself through the eyes of your loved one right now, what would they see? This can be a really powerful and beautiful resource, right? If instead of letting go, you were to invite yourself to experience the deep, otherworldly experience of still being connected to someone who is gone, giving life to the memory of the person you loved, and saying hello again in in this way, that's a beautiful and really meaningful resource to have. To say something like, consider a special memory you had with your loved one. What parts of yourself are you awakened to when recalling this memory? That's a resource. And what I mean by resource is I mean that it's oftentimes easier to show ourselves compassion when we look at ourselves through the eyes of somebody else that loves us. And when we have loved somebody deeply and when that person has loved us deeply and when they've died, that that love and that ability to see the beauty in ourselves that maybe it feels like only others can see sometimes, that doesn't have to be lost with the life of that person who has died. That is something that can be reclaimed, especially if we allow ourselves to say hello instead of feeling like we have to let go. If your loved one was here to witness this moment right now, what would they say? What would they do? 
in reclaiming those memories and bringing it to the here and now, that's a beautiful resource. This resource can also show up when the relationships are more complicated, right? Because it can feel like with this person now gone, I never, I, I can't work through what some of these issues were because they're not here to work through it with me. There can be this belief system or discourse that we shouldn't speak ill of the dead. Even if we had complicated relationships with them, even if they hurt us, that we're not supposed to speak about it. There's a part of us that can sometimes convince us that we shouldn't, we shouldn't go back there, right? Just move forward, let go. And that part of us is trying to serve a purpose. It's trying to protect us from the pain, right? I think that what we can do in a situation like that, it can sometimes look like thanking, honestly, thanking that part of ourselves, showing that self-compassion for like why you may want to just sort of move forward, right? That part of you is trying to protect you from going back there and, and re-experiencing the pain. The person is gone now. It was complicated. Let's just move on. I don't think that that's useful, right? Instead, if we give ourselves a chance to really explore the story of our relationship with that person, both the things that were challenging and painful and hurtful, and even exploring maybe some of the lost memories, right? Sometimes it can, it can really feel like all the painful memories sort of squash any of those other unique experiences where we felt connected to this person or the positive memories. But in the grief process, it's really helpful to, with a support person, and honestly, often in situations like this, professional support and a therapist can be really useful and helpful in helping you look back at the narrative and story of your life with this person in this relationship, both recalling and understanding how you feel about the complicated parts about it um, and how it's impacting you today and can potentially impact you moving forward, but also the, other, the unique components of this story, maybe the forgotten parts of the story. So finding someone you can talk to openly about these difficult emotions, sort of being able to name them and then expand your understanding of them and connecting them to the here and now, this can be a really useful tactic. Um, knowing that it's not too late to take care of unfinished business, okay? So there are absolutely ways in which you can develop rituals or activities that promote healing. So let's talk a little bit about what some of those things might look like. One of, one of the rituals that I have found personally myself to be really useful is letter writing. I lost somebody that I love a few years ago, and I had some complicated feelings around it all um, because I didn't really get to say goodbye. And I... This part of this thing, this 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 part inside of me that needed to say goodbye and needed to express to this person how much I loved them and how much they meant to me, and how much I was going to miss them. 
I needed to say these things. I also, though, needed to say how hurt I was that they wouldn't let me say goodbye. So I wrote a letter. I got a piece of paper and I got a pen and I wrote it down. All these things that were inside of me, I needed to get them out. I needed to be able to say my goodbye. Journaling can also be something that's really useful in getting these these stories and these memories and these feelings out and onto something so that you can either have it there and go back to it when you need it or to be able to close the journal or to turn to the next page and move move through move through those words and those stories and those memories and that pain or those emotions and experiences and feelings and see then what comes next finding a connection place can be really useful meaning this can be a place where you have used to spend time with this person or a place that reminds you of this person that maybe you never went to with them, but you just know that they would appreciate, go to that place once in a while and be still there and talk to this person. Say hello again to them. Legacy work can also be really useful and powerful. What I mean by this is exploring what the legacy of this person is and how are you going how are you connecting to this legacy are there things that this person qualities this person held things that this person represents for you values that this person had and things that they accomplished or wanted to accomplish is there anything in there that you connect to that are actually similar qualities that you have. And in that, in connecting to those pieces, you are part of that legacy. Grief is often one of those things where when you are moving through it, right? So the remember, the goal here isn't we're not getting over it. It's not something we get over. It's something we move through. When we're moving through it, it is something that we will come in and out of. And I remember for myself having these these moments of having a day or two go by where I wouldn't think about the person that I had lost. And then something would remind me and then I would just feel consumed by the grief again and the sadness and the guilt for for forgetting, right? For continuing to live my life and to be enjoying my life. We, in moments like that though, have to ask ourselves, and this is another way in which we can say hello again, that metaphor of saying hello again to somebody who has, who has died, asking ourselves, would they want me to be in a constant place of sadness, grief, and not, no movement forward in my life? At least for me, in the context of this relationship, the answer to that was really easy. The person whom I lost really valued adventure and curiosity and creativity and had always encouraged me to move forward in those endeavors and was also a mother that I really admired. And so if I was being really present with my kids and didn't think about her and then remembered 
that she was no longer here to be with her children and then to feel the tremendous guilt that came with that, she wouldn't want me to be stuck in that. And so with the acknowledgement of that, that was a resource for me to be able to allow myself to move in and out of grief as honestly as, as, I, ha- as I needed to. Meaning systems, meaning what I mean by meaning systems is I'm curious at how we make meaning of things when things happen. And that can be connected to spirituality or religious beliefs or not. It can be connected to just how we make meaning of when somebody dies. How, how do we understand that? Why do things like this happen? If we can explore our meaning systems and connect it to our experiences of death and our experiences of losing people in our lives, that can have a lot of healing powers as well. And there's not much more I can say about that because meaning is just so diverse and means different things for every single person. Even somebody that, even people that maybe are part of the same religious community community may have different ideas of how they make meaning of, of death and losing someone in their life. So I would though suggest talking about these things with somebody, somebody whom you trust or a professional support person. Exploring meaning is a really critical part of this process. There's also something called dignity therapy, and I'll attach um, or put a link in the podcast notes for this. There is a type of therapy called dignity therapy that has been used for, used with families before somebody has died. And a lot of this work is done with the person who is dying and with their family. And in this work, I'll just give you a little bit of um, an understanding of what this work looks like. But in this work, you are really helping sort of build that legacy piece and giving somebody a chance to share their life story. So, so much of the focus can often be on if there's an illness or um, if there was an accident and the symptoms and the fact that this person is, is dying giving somebody a chance to reflect on their life and to share the story of their life, which may include an illness, but it is more than the illness. So you explore the person's life story, um, talking about things like how do you want people, um, how people describe you, um, what do you stand for, what makes you feel most alive, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you hope for the future? And in this work, this is, this is written down and is something that um, is then, of course, shared with the family um, if that person who is doing this work, this dignity therapy work, wants to share with their family and is something that they get to have after this person has died and it can be a really powerful tool for families impacted by illness and because and just the, the way what it's called dignity therapy it's a very dignified way of being with somebody who is facing their own mortality 
So I hope that you found something in this podcast episode today that was useful or helpful or maybe even encourage, encourages you to talk to somebody or get support. I believe that death, I'm just going to reiterate the point that I believe that if we have more dialogue around death and more, we're talking about it more, it doesn't become this mystical thing. Because if something is mystical, there's a lot in there that can be really scary. There's a lot that feels unknown or uncertain. And while there is so much uncertainty that can come with death and our own mortality, I believe that in that uncertainty, we can find and discover in a really acute way what is certain to us and what is known and what is important. I hope that you have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really value you taking the time to share this space with me. If you're enjoying this podcast, I really appreciate feedback a great way to support the podcast um, and the work we're doing here and to make it possible for future episodes would be to leave a review, leave it some stars, give that feedback. It's really, really appreciated. For more information on my private practice and the work that I do, you can visit me over at www.drcassidymft.com. I'm also on social media at Dr. Cassidy and at Holding Space Podcast. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day.